0: What is up, everybody? Welcome, 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 welcome to the last episode of season six for draft season. I am joined, as always, for the last time in the first half of the calendar year 2021 with the other members of the Horsemen of TOJ draft coverage, Michael Megan, James Coons, Joseph Bellick. James, I'll start with you. How are you feeling in your second quarter of college <laughs> for this year? Because Northwestern wants to bleed you dry for
1: their money. How are you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Excited for this episode. There we go.
2: Meeks, how you feeling, man? I mean, it's June, you know, summer's starting. Excited for the weather, excited, you know,
0: just to watch some football, you know, hang with the boys. When you say excited for the weather, I'll let you know. It was 45 degrees in the district this past weekend, (laughs) so I'm not excited for the weather at
3: all. Joe, how are you feeling, man? Yeah, it's a little bittersweet, DA. You know, last episode of draft season, a little sad there. But listen, I'm excited for everything we did this year. And I'm I'm looking forward to October. You know, I have a lot of love for you guys. And, you know, hopefully we bang out those draft takes along the way and have a good time.
0: There we go, and just and just so you guys are aware, so what will happen now is this will be the last episode until October. Uh, over the next four months, you'll see us drop a lot of written draft content on ToJ's draft season site. Uh, so you'll just see us every take that you can imagine under the sun, especially as you know spring slash summer ball kicks off for a lot of these guys who. We hope the Jets won't be in position to be picking some of them, but we know they'll be in position to, pick, to be picking at least some of them. So let's jump right in, guys. We are gonna we're gonna go around the league, uh, you know, and just there's a lot of talented rookies in the in in, in this year's class. And Meeks, I'm gonna start with you after I give my prediction for this. I want to talk offensive rookie of the year in the NFL. Now, the reason I'm gonna start with Meigs is because. Meeks and I are in agreement that it's one of two guys that are winning this award. It is nobody else. And I firmly believe that, like I will put money down on it today that if healthy, it is either Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson, no tight end as I far, as far as I can remember has won the award. So that eliminates Kyle Pitts, Jamar chase. I like him, but I do not like the offensive line. Joe Burrow is throwing behind enough for him to perform enough to overtake two quarterbacks at running back. ETN is going to be used as a third down back with Tim Tebow and some wildcat stuff. I don't know what the hell Urban Meyer's doing. Najee Harris may get all the carries in Pittsburgh, but that offensive line was really, really bad in the run game. Meeks, who do you, if you had to put your money today, and I'm going to tell you this, if I had to put my money today, I put my money on Zach Wilson winning offensive rookie of the year. How about you? I mean, yeah, Zach Wilson, he was the best quarterback in the draft. Once the jets took him. (laughs) So,
2: you know, you know, we move all, all all about the fades, but, uh, Yeah, a quarterback wins this award. Like, Kyler Murray was fine as a rookie. He threw, like, 20 touchdowns, 12 picks. I think Josh Jacobs, almost, like, 1,200 yards, didn't win. Justin Jefferson was a second-team all-pro, one of the four best receivers in all football as a rookie, and one of the positions that's gotten easier to adapt to but it still isn't easy to get rookie production wrong. Like, 1,400 yards, 88 catches. He got, like, I think four rookie of the year votes. Justin Herbert got them all. Like, this is a quarterback award, just like MVP is a quarterback award and uh, Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence, because that's what I need to happen for me to be happy. So, all I want.
0: And I think I think the more Urban Meyer speaks, right, and not only did he, you know, sign Tim T-Bone, uh, you know, he also was at a pro wrestling event this past weekend. So, the more that he does, the more I'm convinced it's going to be Zach Wilson. You guys can't see it, but Joseph Bellick was shaking his head because he thinks it is absurd that Meeks and I are riding with Zach Wilson.
3: Joe, who are – Who is your pick for Offensive Rookie of the Year today on June 1st, 2021? I think it's clear cut going to be Trevor Lawrence. Now, I think some people have some reservations because of Urban Meyer. We don't know what that offense is going to look like. But when you saw Urban Meyer turn somebody like Alex Smith into number one pick in the draft, he turned Tim Tebow into a first round draft pick. Now, what is he going to do when he has a legitimate bona fide quarterback as a signal caller? I think the sky's the limit for Lawrence. I think he's most definitely going to be rookie of the year. So I will say also that you said some reservations. I've had some reservations at good restaurants.
0: I have all the reservations for Urban (laughs) Meyer. I have all the reservations. I think that by midweek, he's somehow going to have some health ailment and he's going to vanish because I just, I think it is absurd. The, The staff that he's hired to develop Trevor Lawrence, I do not think that Brian Schottenheimer should ever get another job ever again. And I just don't understand how that keeps happening aside from his last name. James. Meigs and I are on the Wilson train as offensive rookie of the year. Joe believes it's Trevor Lawrence. Are you going with a curveball here? Or are you sticking with one of those two players?
1: Well, as, as tempting as it is to put in the 17,000 to one bet on Kadarius Tony for rookie of the year, I think I'm going to have to go Trevor Lawrence. Um, I think the situation honestly is pretty decent for Trevor got some good playmakers around him. And I think, you know, we talked about this before, but, Offensive of rookie of the year is kind of like a quarterback pedigree award. And so, I mean, Lawrence has all the pedigree in the world. And I think people are just gonna be looking for any reason to hand him the award. So that's who I'd go with.
0: I think too, something that's I think a little underrated in the in in the Trevor Lawrence realm as opposed to the New York Jets realm, is that I think we can safely say, and I'll open this up to you guys and let me know if you agree the New York Jets on paper have a better defense than the Jacksonville Jaguars. And so when you look at the Jaguars defense, they're going to be behind a lot, right? So that's going to give Trevor Lawrence much more opportunities to throw the ball, be able to pad those stats. When I look at the Jacksonville defense, right? I mean, there's a defense that over the last few years has lost Jalen Ramsey, right? They traded him away, right? They lost Yannick Ngakwe. Their best pass rusher is good Josh Allen, although I I can't say that anymore because now good Josh Allen's in Buffalo. So other good Josh Allen. Uh, whereas the, the Jets defense on paper is not a bad defense. They're really close to being a, a pretty good unit. And the Jets do not face the murderer's row of quarterbacks that if you look at Jacksonville's schedule, they do. So I think there's going to be a lot more opportunity for, for Trevor Lawrence to threaten Justin Herbert's
3: uh, record setting year. Joe, what do you think? Listen, Trevor Lawrence was my QB1. I think that he has a lot of talent around him. LaVisca Chenault, I think is going to take the next step this year. DJ Chark is a, a dynamic vertical threat. I think that offensive line is somewhat underrated. I know you guys, you know, kind of crap on Cam Robinson and all these other guys, but I think like Brandon Linder's a pretty good center. I think Jawan Taylor might take the next step. So I think they're going to set him up for success. And like I said, he has the people around him to help him succeed. And, And don't, you know, sleep on Marvin Jones going there either. I think that he's going to have somewhat of an impact himself.
0: I think actually Marvin Jones is their best receiver. Uh, DJ Chark is their most most talented receiver, but Marvin Jones is their most consistent receiver, I think. Um, And I'm actually really excited. And my fantasy teams are really excited about the prospect of Marvin Jones catching balls for Trevor Lawrence. Meigs, if uh, Daniel Jeremiah was on, uh, he's going to be on the Badlands docuseries. And Joe shared a clip of him talking about Michael Carter, the real Michael Carter, not the undersized one that didn't go to meetings and did all that weird stuff. Uh, if there was a jet not named Zach Wilson that you picked to win rookie of the year, because Jeremiah sounded like he was teetering real close to saying, like, listen, he could be a threat to, to, to be probably the most productive uh, rookie running back in this class. What do you think? Entering the season, do you expect big things from Carter? You talked about him a lot leading up to the draft, and, and you were really ecstatic that we took him. I mean, we've seen, like, these
2: rookies come in and, like, finish top five in rushing. I think Kareem Hunt is a third-round pick, led the league in rushing in 2017, if I remember correctly. And I don't – like, I think Michael Carter, like, if you look at all the running back situations, like, ETN, like, they've been told is going to be a third down back. Najee, we talked about that Steelers offensive line, like, good for pass blocking, not good for run blocking. Like, if Najee can't even average four yards a carry just because he's dodging bodies, like, I wouldn't be surprised. So, I think Carter's situation is favorable. I just don't think he's going to get the touches to be a guy who's going to get the 1,200, 1,300 yards that you need to win that award. So like that, like like the Zeke Elliott volume isn't coming Michael Carter's way. Um, for me, like I would just if you, if you're gonna look for a guy who's like guards don't win offense rookie of the year, even though Ellen Jenkins probably should have won it two years ago. But uh, Elijah Moore, if he if he really is Antonio Brown, like there's some certain people in Jets Twitter say he is. That's the guy I would roll with if he becomes the number one option in that offense. And him Zach Wilson really have that day one chemistry. But I think it's a real uphill battle for anyone this roster that isn't Zach Wilson.
0: I'm really glad you mentioned Elijah Moore, the prophet, and we've coined that. So don't, I don't want to see anybody put this on a T-shirt and they get cease and desist letters because you did something stupid. You mentioned him, and that's a perfect segue to James's point about A.R. Tony, my main man, who I can't wait for him to drop his next rap album, who has not shown up to Giants OTAs. He has not shown up to Giants OTAs. And there's Giant fans who are trying to sweep that under the rug, like A.R. Tony tried to sweep that A.R. 15 under the, under the car mat. James, which one, again, because there were a lot of J- Giant fans who said, listen, A.R. Tony's the guy. This is the guy that's going to help Daniel Stumble and Jones take that next step, even though the Jets took a better receiver 14 picks later. Uh, what do you? If you had to bet today, who, which one has a better year, A.R. Tony or Elijah Moore?
1: I mean, like, I would say Elijah Moore, but also because Kadarius Tony is in a receiver room where there's, like, a lot of ambiguity, so it's not super easy to project him to have, like, an immediate role. Whereas with the Jets – I think it's easier to project Elijah Moore to make more of an impact in his rookie year because, number one, Crowther is not going to be here long term. There's incentive to play more. Uh, number two, he's probably like, I mean, Elijah's probably the number four receiver right now. Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, Jameson Crowther. And so you can get four receivers on the field at the same time. So I think it's just easier to project Elijah Moore to have immediate playing time. I
0: like that. And you know what? As we were talking, I was looking up the nearest, you know, casino in Maryland. So I can go put some money in all these takes. Fuego's gonna pay for my daughter. Fuego's takes are gonna pay for my daughter's college tuition. So she should be grateful for that. Let's flip, let's flip to the other side of the ball because I just as excited as I am for the offensive rookies, I'm really excited for the defensive rookies. And Meigs, you and I, we're gonna go toe-to-toe this year because you like, you know, Patrick Sertain. And I like the guy who picked off Sam Darnold on his first throw in Carolina Panthers minicamp, J.C. Horn. So we're going to see how they do, because I think we're both locked in on those guys. But Defensive Rookie of the Year, just like Offensive Rookie of the Year is a quarterback's award, I, could, I think it's safe to argue that Defensive Rookie of the Year is a pass rusher's award. It's usually a guy that gets a lot of sacks, right? So, Joe, I'm going to go to you first, though, because you and I, I think we're on the same page here and who we think is going to win this. It's, it's my man, Parsons the murderer, who fell because his character concerns all because he's crazy, (laughs) but he ends up in a situation again in a defense where he's probably going to get a lot of opportunities because it's not a great defense. Right.
3: Uh, So speak a little bit about why you think Makai Parsons is the, is your favorite to win the defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, I think he's just gonna be a tackling machine on this defense. And like you said, they're probably gonna be on the field more than Cowboys fans want them to. So he's gonna definitely get those opportunities. Plus, Dan Quinn likes to rush five guys to the line of scrimmage at times. I think he did about 25% of the time last year with the Falcons or even just in throughout his history of him being a coach. So he's gonna be up there and he's really dynamic as a pass rusher. People don't realize, like he has the chops to be a fairly decent pass rusher and get those sacks as well. So I think he's going to ball out with the Cowboys. I think Cowboys fans who weren't happy about that pick are most definitely going to be happy on Sundays when they see him knocking down the quarterback from that strong side linebacker position. Yeah, I agree.
0: And and I also, I think, I think when you mix in, because you look at guys like Devin Bush and Devin White, right? Again, really good linebackers. Uh, if you're, in, if you're in and around the ball, and Meigs, you mentioned this in our Slack earlier, you're going to have these eye-popping tackle numbers, right? Like just absurd tackle numbers. And like Joe said, Dallas's defense is not going to be very good. They're going to be on the field a lot. And Meigs' boy, Dak Prescott, who we take over the next five years over any quarterback not named Trevor Lawrence and Pat Mahomes, uh, that offense is going to put up yards. They're going to put up points. Meigs, who's your pick for defensive rookie of the year? Are you rocking with Parsons also or are you going in a different direction?
2: I mean, first off, the Prescott slander is just not needed. Like when that Zach, goals, that when, 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 when I, Zach I out this out. year, you know, don't come crying to me. You know, you can have yeah, enjoy enjoy Kyler and Lamar and their limitations. That's all I got to say. But uh, me, I'm I'm going with Sertan. I just I I think Caleb Farley was the best corner in this draft. But Caleb Farley isn't coached by Vic Fangio, and he's got some studs at playing safety. He's got Kyle Fuller next to him, so they're going to always going to target the rookie. I think that's going to lead to a lot of opportunities to get some picks, get some PBUs, stuff that have she- And I just think Pat Sertan's a rock-solid player. I think he's going to run away with this award.
0: Let's talk about – you mentioned Denver's defense. The Jets play the Broncos. Again, the Broncos have Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, right? They have Justin Simmons, who's a top, I think, three or four safety in the NFL. I do like what you mentioned about him getting the opportunity, whereas my man J.C. Horn is in a place where realistically – there's not much there on that, on that defense. Uh, what are your thoughts on Sertain playing opposite of of Kyle Fuller too? So again, like you're talking about, he's playing in a much better system. And is he the guy that five years from now, we're looking at as the best corner from this class, or do you think it's somebody else?
2: No, I think it's Caleb Farley. I think Caleb Farley is one of the most naturally talented quarterback cornerbacks I've ever watched. I just think for how he moves at 6'2, 210. It's Ramsey-like. I, I don't think he's as clean as Jalen. Jalen didn't have any injury issues. And Jalen, I think, was a better, more sure tackler than him. But just how fluid he is and just how he, he gets to the ball, I think Farley is incredible. And I think
0: if he stays healthy, he's going to be the
2: best corner in the draft and the best defensive player from this draft.
0: We'll say we all saw what happened to Shawn Michaels when his back was broken and he lost his smile. That's my worry with Caleb Farley. <laughs> Is
2: yeah, that Shawn again? Michaels I, had, that, had that nice second uh, start of his career. He did, he G- did, him, he so. did. So
0: maybe, so maybe we sign Caleb when he's thirty-one and we pair him opposite the great Bryce Hall, right? And then, and then suddenly we have something. James, I want to go to you because. There was there were a lot of there were a lot of underrated guys you mentioned defensively during during the process right a lot of guys that were not getting a lot of a lot of attention you mentioned a lot of safeties uh, you also were the first one in the slack chat to shout out Jamar Johnson safety from Indiana who's a Meeks favorite uh, but defensive rookie of the year where are you staking that FTJ FJT Fuego Jet take flag where are you, where are you staking that to who wins the award for you
1: um the guy that I think is super intriguing here is Jalen Phillips. He's in a good situation. He's arguably the best defensive player in the draft as a pure player. Uh, in fact, I, I mean, in my opinion, he is like, I, I, I don't think that's arguable in my opinion, but um, so if he can stay healthy, I think he'll produce, I think there's a lot of potential for him to get good one-on-ones just in that defense. And I also think that he's really good against the run. So he'll also have pretty good TFL numbers. And since it's just a stats game, like, I feel pretty good about his ability to win uh, D-Roy, especially just cons- like, if you just think about the fact that he's a good edge rusher, he's going to a good defense and they have the best cornerbacks in the NFL to create time for the pass rush to get there. I just think it's the confluence of a lot of really promising factors.
0: I think too, I think what you have is a lot of these awards, because a lot because James is right. A lot of these are stat awards, but a lot of these are also highlight awards, right? Who's the guy that's popping on Sundays, right? Because a lot of these folks that, that, that vote on these guys, they don't really have, they don't try to watch all these games. I do wonder if Jalen Phillips is the guy that Sunday, him like Makai Parsons, I think pops a lot off the screen. I wonder if that's what you do around the horn. Let's go real quick, James. I'll start with you. One, all oh, you have just answer this question with one player. Who is the worst? Who is the worst rookie? this year the and 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 i mean again i'm not saying that like maybe in two years he's going to be good i'm talking about year one the absolute worst rookie that was taken in the first round though i'll go to you then these, then joe and then i'll go
1: all right i want to break joe's heart with peyton turner so i'm gonna say Jamin davis with washington just because like i didn't watch him but he just has this really raw billing so that's what i'm gonna go with
2: yeah yeah, Jamin Davis. He's got those abs, though, so I, I, I don't feel comfortable taking him. Uh, see, I want to say Mac Jones, but I think Mac Jones is so bad that he's not going to play at all this year. I would say J.C. Horn. Yeah, he, uh, I don't like that guy at all. I think he's going to get cooked because he play, he's a press man corner who went to a team that plays the most zone of any NFL team. So, yeah, it's going to be a rough year for J.C.
0: We're on the breaking heart tour because James wanted to break Joe's heart. He chose not to. This is why James is the only under 19-year-old person that I tolerate. Meigs, you're, you're, you've been replaced. We're going to bring back somebody else. That's it. Joe, how about
3: you? Worst rookie, for worst, for
0: worst first-round rookie uh, next year? Well, I
3: appreciate James for not breaking my heart, but Dalvin, I think I just might break yours. I'm sorry. For me, it's going to have to be Greg Rousseau. While this guy is a dynamic run defender, when it comes to rushing the passer, Greg Rue sucks. That's just the bottom line, and I'm sorry. It's, these are just the facts, and I think that that bean kind of overdrafted him in that spot. I think he believed the pre-draft hype, and I think Bills fans are going to be a little upset with that pick, well, probably sooner than later.
0: So I'm going to go with Eric Stokes and Green Bay. That's who I'm going to go with. I think he's going to be the worst the worst first-round pick. I think that he is going to get cooked opposite Jair Alexander. Um, and I think that when I – I think cornerback – and I think we've talked about this before. Cornerback is one of the toughest positions to transition to in the NFL. And this isn't a testament to him. I think, I think he's going to be good long-term. But I think next year is going to be rough for him because I think – one, I think Green Bay ends up trading Aaron Rodgers. I do not think they hold on to him. I think they end up tra- trading him. Uh, and Jordan Love is probably one of the just one of the absolute worst quarterbacks I ever looked at film for. You know, leading up to the draft ne- next year, I think that defense is going to face a lot of pressure. I think he gets cooked a lot next year. See, so mine was rooted in logic. Meeks and, and Joe decided to go with the motion, but it's fine. Uh, <laughs> let's go around the ta- around the horn again before we trans- before we transition to the twenty twenty two picks. Who's going to be the best rookie? Not named Zach Wilson. Not named Zach Wilson. Non quarterback edition. So no quarterback. Who do you think is the best, is the best rookie? I'll go first. I think, and again, I, w- I want to make sure that, I, that folks understand, I'm not conflating pr- most productive with best. Cause I do think that there is a chance that Jalen Waddle ends up being the most productive rookie, because I think Tua's only going to throw him the ball because he hasn't even learned the playbook yet. So all he's going to do is throw it to the person that he recognizes. But I think for me, I think the best rookie is going to be Kyle Pitts in Atlanta. I think that when when you look at a guy who one, they're gonna end up trading Julio Jones, Matt Ryan is going to find him repeatedly. I think that offense is going to move him around, not just play him at tight end. They're gonna play him out wide. I think there's a good chance that he actually transitions to wide receiver full time after the first year. I think he's a mismatch nightmare. I think he's that good, and I think he's gonna be the guy that
3: gets all those targets. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with Kyle Pitts. Joe, I'll go to you. I like the Kyle Pitts one there. I think he's gonna get peppered with targets this year, like repeatedly by, by Matt Ryan. So I like the pick, but I'm I'm going to go with Jamar Chase, you know, reuniting with his former quarterback. I think that's going to be a dynamic combination. I know there are a lot of mouths to feed over there, but listen, Jamar Chase and Hull uh, Burrow getting back together. Dude, that's a celebration right there. Yeah, it's like it's like uh,
0: Ross and Rachel getting back together. They were on a break and now they're back together. Meigs, who you got?
2: Uh, Kyle Pitts was my number one player in the draft, but I think tight end's a position that's going to take some adjusting to. And with no Julio, as much as I like Calvin Ridley, I think that they're going to be able to focus some attention on him. I'm going with Penny Sewell. I think you're going to see 95% of Tristan Worth's rookie year, rookie year from Penny Soul at right tackle. I think that's a really good offensive line in Detroit, a line that's played has four guys who play together. It's not really bringing in a lot of new pieces. The continuity is going to be big for him. And I just think he's a special athlete. I think he's a special player. And you're going to be, when you talk right tackle, you're going to talk Penny Sewell. You're going to talk Ryan Ramchek. You're going to talk Tristan Worth
0: going forward. I think, too, what I do like about Detroit, uh, press conferences aside, I like their coaching staff. I think they've built a really, really good coaching staff there. Dan Campbell talking about biting kneecaps aside. James, best rookie for next year. Who do you got?
1: Yeah, I mean, Tutu Atwell aside, the guy that I actually think is going to surprise a lot of people is Amari Rogers. If you just look at the situation that he's going to, like their receivers suck outside of Devontae, and he's actually good after the catch. And I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be there and he's going to put um, Amari in the situations to be able to maximize yak. So I think he's going to be probably, you know, probably going to be a player who by the end of next year, when people are doing redrafting the 2021 NFL draft, he's going to be somebody who is sliding into the end of first round redrafts
0: like that. And I will say, too, I think even if Rodgers isn't there, I think what you see is, again, a disinterested Devontae Adams and an Amari Rodgers who benefits from an inaccurate quarterback. Um, Let's pivot right to 2022. Before we do that, we want to tell you guys. Make sure you're tuning in to TOJ Live. Join them this Wednesday. They're joined by the the host of the TOJ pod, Will Parkinson. Make sure you are rocking with the TOJ pod two days a week, Tuesdays and Fridays. Uh, Make sure you uh, read Dan Essen's latest breakdown on the Jets front, which he has been begging for this kind of front for this defense, and he was really excited. It's always good when Dan breaks stuff out. And make sure you're subscribed to Badlands, who, again, uh, Joe is giving away some cash, maybe a helmet, maybe a Sopranos, Gift set. He's giving away a lot of stuff over there at Badlands, so make sure you're tuned in, guys. Before we wrap, let's pivot right to 2022, the 2022 NFL Draft. It'll be here before we know it. Actually, it's 11 months away, which we think is a far time, but you know, it's it's really really close. I want to start on the offensive side of the ball, and I want to talk about who are some who's your favorite prospect non-quarterback because contrary to what Joe may want we will not be drafting a quarterback in the first in the first round next year Zach Wilson is going to be the guy at least for two years but who's a guy that you guys really really like I'll go first a guy that I'm big on and I, I'll preface this by saying I will not be talking about Derek Stingley when we get to defense because you guys know I have firmly planted my flag on that hive but on offense I'm going Zion Nelson offensive tackle for Miami I think that the new york jets are going to be in a really good position to continue to improve this offensive line. I get very excited at the thought of Makai Becton, AVC, Zion Nelson at right tackle protecting Zach Wilson going forward. That really really makes me excited. Um and I think Zion Nelson had a really had just he's a, he's young. Uh he's a guy that and and meigs we've talked about this before during the last year. I tend to worry sometimes when guys look like they've maxed out at 21, 22. Zion Nelson's not that guy yet right? And I think that's why you have to be really, really excited for him. I think he's he's going to have a really good year for Miami this year. And that right tackle with that Seattle pick or with that Jets pick when we pick further than Seattle, that's going to be great. Uh, but Joe, let me go to you. Who's, your, who's a prospect you like on the
3: offensive side of the ball? Maybe I'll pivot to kind of like a group of guys. I'm thinking about Texas A&M's offensive line in general. They have Luke Matthews, who's the brother of Jake Matthews and son of Hall of Famer, Bruce Matthews. Then you have a Kenyon Green, this interior offensive lineman who looks, who looks really good. James actually sent me a video of him and I was like really impressed by what he was doing. So that's a really nice group that I'm gonna be paying close attention to because they also have a running back that I'm sure is gonna be getting mocked to the Jets endlessly during this draft process if for some reason somebody doesn't separate himself from the pack in this kind of RBBC. I'm expecting Michael Carter too, but if somebody doesn't, there's going to be a lot of running back chatter for sure with Isaiah Spiller there. So those are definitely three guys that I'm going to be looking close at.
0: I love that you mentioned the uh, the, the, the Bruce Matthews stranglehold on, on the NFL bloodline. Bruce Matthews was one of my favorite offensive linemen to watch uh, growing up as a kid. And to see Jake Matthews, who, again, took a little bit to develop, right? I think a lot of people expected him to be as good as his dad right away. But I think he turned into a really solid NFL player. I like that you that, that you mentioned the next in the bloodline, the Matthews bloodline. James, I'll go to you somebody on the offensive side of the ball 2022 that jet fans should start to pay attention to as we start the college football season with a return to NCAA football from EA sports. It seems like it's going to happen. So go ahead, James.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm going to give you a little bit of a deep cut uh, here. And he's a player who is super interesting. You probably haven't heard of him, but you're going to be hearing about him when he is a late first round pick next year. And that's Traylon Burks. who's a wide receiver from Arkansas. Um, if i had to like characterize his game and kind of paint the picture he's kind of like a running back playing wide receiver super linear athlete um really 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 strong like massive hands so he makes like one-handed grabs all the time really great body control like if you think about the types of throws that zach wilson made at byu back shoulder on the sideline he excels in those situations. Uh, but he also offers a lot of yak value. Um, I was doing, you know, one of the things I'm doing this draft season is more personal background research on these players. When I was doing research on Traylon Burks, his baseball coach said that Traylon was the best center fielder he's seen in Arkansas in his 15 year coaching career. Um, He is a multi-sport athlete, four-star recruit from Arkansas. He's very good. And you're going to be hearing a lot about him in the future
0: a good choice james and and i will say guys you should be following james at fuego just says because when he's talking about the the personal stuff he sat down with manny diaz and talked about Jalen phillips and what amazing show he was going to put on at his pro day so listen you guys get all the intel from james uh which is actually one of the benefits to having him still be in college as he's able to get some of this uh meeks i'm gonna go to you give me your 2022 favorite nfl draft prospect
2: I mean, my twenty twenty-two favorite NFL draft prospect was my twenty twenty-one favorite <laughs> NFL draft prospect going back to school. And it's Chris Olave. You can check my Alave Twitter high. You can check my Twitter timeline in July twenty twenty. I say Chris Olave is one of the five best receivers in college football. He was probably gonna be wide receiver four, wide receiver five for me. Him and Rashad Bateman would have been close. He's just awesome. I love watching that guy play. Every time they Ohio State played a bit had played a big opponent, Chris Olave balled out, watched the game against Clemson. He cooked Pat Sertan, Justin Fields didn't have his best game, missed him a couple times, but he's, he's just one of my, I just love that kind of receiver, that shifty guy who's even really smaller, so really physical at the catch point. I just think he's going to be a first-round pick. I just – I love that guy. I just can't wait to watch him play. And it hurts me because I think he was going to get drafted in the Elijah Moore range. And thinking about if he came out, if it could if – is if him and Zach Wilson was going to be the connection for the next – Ten years has been a little bittersweet, but uh, that guy's going to make a football team
0: next year really, really good. Okay, and, and and you know what I will say too. He he balled in the in the national championship game; just had a monster game. And I think that there's there's some concerns about like his frame, right? Like he, like he's not. But I you got to catch him first. And I I don't know if there's many. I don't know if there's many guys that can catch him on the offensive side of the ball, guys. I want to go real quick before we go to the defense side of the ball. Who's the one prospect that you would hate? Hate if the Jets drafted next year, a guy that you're like, you know what, get him off my list. I want nothing to do with him. James, I'm going to go to you first. Then I'll go to Joe.
1: The one guy. Okay. Honestly, it's an entire position group. If we're being honest and that's tight end, but the the headliner of the tight end class, as far as I can tell is from Texas A&M and his name is Jalen Weidermeyer. And he's good. Don't get me wrong. But like I, I can already see the tweets coming when he's the consensus tight end one. It's like the middle of November. We're mediocre as a team. And people are talking about how we need somebody to fill the quote unquote, George Kittle role. And it's like, like man, if we spend like a, the 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th overall pick on the tight end. I mean, I told Joe and Meeks what I would do if that happens. Uh, I won't share it on live uh, audio, but it will not be pretty.
0: Joe, what about you? And and I'm and I'm glad James is trusting you to secrecy because he did not share that with me. Uh, but more because he knows that it may slip out during the show, and then you know then we have a whole another scandal on our hands. Joe, how about you? Who's, who's your who's the guy that would make you punch
3: a wall if the Jets drafted him next year? Well, contrary to what you guys might believe, if the Jets draft a quarterback, I'm gonna be pretty upset. That means the Zach Wilson experiment did not pan out. And my takes will probably look a little bit better because I was definitely not as high on him as you guys were, but I want to see him succeed. So if the Jets are in the market, if they're pulling like a Josh Rosen, you got to go. I see Kyler Murray in this draft. I got to take that guy kind of thing. I, I might punch a wall because I just I just can't take it anymore. I mean, let's find our guy. We need to find our quarterback. As much as, you know, Zach Wilson was my QB4. He's right now, he's QB1 in my heart. I want to see him succeed. I think that's
0: I think that's real. If If somehow, some way, we're hearing talks that the Jets are going to draft, you know, fucking Shane Ratler. <laughs> I'm going to lose my, I'm going to lose
3: my stuff. Me? What do you mean the, the future Patrick Mahomes, Drew Brees combination? What are you talking about? <laughs> Absolutely not. We're not playing this game. Meeks, who is you? Who is the guy that just
0: you're you're you you will be drunk with me again at the draft party, but for bad reasons this time. Who's the guy that that, that you just do not want the Jets to draft?
2: Oh, it's Kyle Hamilton. It's hands down. Like. Safeties in the first round like no and then James I think brought this up in our slate I think he's had two like reconstructive surgeries like in seventh and eighth grade already and just thinking about like what that body is going to be like at a position like that no thanks like James I think James says before we only we're only happy when we draft offensive tackles quarterbacks edges and corners that's what you gotta do in the first round baby premium positions so I will
0: say, I, I, I will say I like Hamilton way more than you do. I like him as a player, but I have a very hard time drafting guys in the first round with that kind of injury history. But I'm going to say that the guy that I, I I'll be mad if to just draft him is Isaiah Spiller. And I, and again, it's, I think that the, I, when I look at this team, after investing a, a, a third round pick in Michael Carter was probably, and again, Joe, I think you mentioned this, you mentioned this before, Jordan Howard led the league in rushing his, his rookie year, and he was not a top 60 pick in this, in, in, in the class, right? I think that you can find running backs in the later rounds that are productive. Um, I, that doesn't mean I shy away from taking a talent at, at, the top of, at the top of the draft, but Isaiah Spiller is probably going to go in that 12 to 24 range and with the jets still needing who well, I think, I think they'll still need a, a right tackle, right. To replace Fant Cause I think Fant is gone or if fan may kick inside to guard. Right. You still need a right tackle. They did bring in Morgan Moses from Washington to, to, for a visit. I think they they'd still have some holes that I think you're just like, you know what? You might want to hold off on that. And I think you wait on, you don't take an Isaiah Spiller in round one. I think I, honestly, I think, I think I'd think i be drinking tequila by like eight 30, if that's what happens, like it would be a rough night. Uh, let's, Let's pivot now to the because we, we we did we did who the, who we would hate if the if who we would hate the Jets to draft. We did favorite offensive rookie uh, favorite offensive rookie for next year. Let's talk defense. Meeks, I'll go to you first. Who is your favorite defensive prospect in the twenty twenty two class that Jet fans should become
2: familiar with? I mean, I like I feel like I just talk about KV on Thibodeau every week at this point. When you when you drop in the word favorite, like love the pass rushers, but there's a lot of good corners in this class too. I know James really likes Andrew Booth, but uh, I'm just going to like tip it out Like, I, everyone knows who he is. Like, I think he's going to be like Miles Garrett was. I think he's going to be prospect one, best player in the draft. You can like, put your premium stuff aside, best player in the draft. Now, I don't think to see that changing. I just think he's the next line of the great 1A pass rushers, someone who's going to ball out for three years, and then someone's going to give him quarterback money to affect the, how quarterbacks play. And he's going to be special and just enjoy watching him this season. Because hopefully the Pac-12 with Larry Scott gone, they have a real commissioner. You have to watch him for a full season.
0: James, how about you? Who is your favorite 2022 defensive prospect?
1: Yeah, I mean, Meek's kind of spoiled it, but it's Andrew Booth, who's the cornerback from Clemson. I think he's probably going to be a consensus CB2 next year. He is extremely good. Um, The the biggest thing that comes to me when I watch him – Uh, is just the word comfortable. He seems so comfortable playing the ball in the air. He probably has the best ball skills in the class. He's had multiple one-handed interceptions, had another interception against Pitt, like 45 yards downfield, where he like replaces the middle third defender and like jumps up, leaps, gets the interception. It looked pretty sick. He's just really good. He's athletic. He plays a top program. And that's, and, he, and he's also technically refined, and he doesn't get beat that often. And I think that's just a recipe for a top prospect. So he's somebody who I have my eye on uh, next year in the draft.
0: Yeah, and I think I, I like the word you use, comfortable, because he does not look uncomfortable playing cornerback. And I think one of the things we talked about this, and we talked about this in March, where we were talking about just the influx of corners over the last few years. You guys remember, there had been a run of just receivers, like just a ton of young receivers. And it seems over the last... And that that was up until about, I'd say about, you know, 2016, 2017. And then we've seen over the last like three years, there's been a run on corners, right? Like a lot of younger corners are being developed. Um, And I think Booth looks comfortable. He looks like a guy who's been playing corner for a long time, but he's still really young. Joe. Who's your
3: favorite defensive prospect in 2022? My early draft season crush is Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. Came away really impressed with what I saw from him. Now, he was eligible to actually be in the draft this year, but he broke his leg, only played in two games, so we didn't really get to see what he could bring to the table. But I love what I've seen from him so far. He already has some pass rush moves, including this like Joey Bosa-esque double swipe move from the outside. He uses it to the inside, even with a little bit of a rip. And I think he's really the prototypical strong side defensive end in a Robert Sala defense, but he could also kick inside or he could even play a little weak side uh, edge as well. I think he's a really dynamic player. He has a relentless motor. I mean, this kid is nonstop. He's a really good athlete for somebody who's, who's going to probably play in that 270 plus pound, almost 280 pound range. And I think when it comes to the Seattle pick, that later round pick, we're probably anywhere from like 22 to 26. If he's there, I think the Jets should give him a hard look, especially if somebody like Jonathan Franklin Myers doesn't exactly pan out how we expected him to. Listen, he's just so good, man. I was just so pumped when I saw this game. I don't want to hype him up too much. But let me tell you, after I watched him, I was like, you know what? Aiden Hutchinson just might be my guy. I'd be very surprised if he wasn't in my top five edge guys. And as the season progresses, if he improves like I expect him to, I wouldn't be surprised if he actually ends up being like edge two in this entire draft class.
0: I will say if you guys were coming here to hear us say that, you know, Mr. Hutchinson is the combination of Nick Bosa and Joey Bosa and is a future hall of famer. You're not getting that with us. We don't do the hyperbole here. That's not our thing. Uh, I'm also going to stick with, with edge, but I'm going to go back to the edge factory and that's Ohio state. And a guy that I'm really, really high on is Zach Harrison. Now there is some talk that he may fit better as a three, four outside linebacker, but again, you're uh, for a guy to be his size right just height wise right so he's about he's, about, he's uh he's 6'6 it's about 255 and when they timed him last year in the 40 he ran a 4 at 6 feet 6 255 pounds that to me screams absurdity for a man that that size should because again he's going to play probably in that 270 range anyway he's going to put on 10 to 15 pounds um I think he's a he's a guy that when you're looking at Robert Salas defense I think you know and Joe Joe had mentioned this repeatedly a few times who's going to fill that D Ford role right when we look at the 49ers as kind of an archetype who fills that D Ford role I think that Harrison can do that I think he can fill that role for this defense um and I think when I when I when I look at what the Jets could do with that Seattle pick although when Russell Wilson gets really upset this summer and forces a trade out and then they're picking number one, we can have a different discussion. I can talk about Derek Stingley, all the live long day, baby Revis, best corner in this class, best defensive player in this class. But I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Harrison because I think with that Seattle pick, I think he can add a real difference maker. And Meeks, you can, you can sing King Kavon's praises all day. I like him too, man. I like him too. But I firmly believe that if I can get a corner like Stingley, in this class, that's the guy that I go. But I went with Eds just for you, just because I, you know, I have a soft spot for you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Before we let you go, one more time, make sure you're tuning into TOJ Live on Wednesdays with Stephen Zant and Stephen Russo. Make sure that you're tuning into the TOJ Pod on Tuesdays and Fridays. And there is a giveaway going on right now. Uh, We are the originators of the giveaway. Nobody else really does it like us. And we actually get you your stuff, right? We don't just take your money and not get you any of your stuff. Um, But thank you guys for rocking with us this year. Uh, We will be back in October with season seven of draft season. Uh, we hope it's going to be us four. However, if Meeks keeps talking crap about JC Horn, I will replace him. I have no qualms with doing that. It may just be me and the two J's, James and Joe. It may just be us. Uh, and then we just bring Meeks back for special appearances like he's Hulk Hogan. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. We've had over, I want to say it's over 80,000 downloads in, during this season, which has been incredible. Thank you guys so much for for tuning in and we'll be back next season.